0: Pastor Xavier Reese and living in a false hope. So many today have their little ambulance for warding off bad karma. You know, and you wear this thing, and you wear that, and you'll be okay, and you know, you, you make a circle, cross it, and put a triangle, and stand behind it, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, here you're driving down the street, and your dashboard looks like a museum with all your saints. You get in a crash, and what kills you is your saints. They stab you in the heart. Come on, they're supposed to protect you.
1: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. We expect a half-truth or a white lie from used car salesmen, but what happens when deceit comes from the lips of God's supposed servants? Today, Pastor Xavier explores this issue as he continues his study from the Old Testament book of Ezekiel. Here he is with today's Simple Truth study, Woe to the False Prophet.
0: Ezekiel chapter 13, we're going to look at verse 1 through 23, and the message is entitled, Woe to the False Prophets. A very serious chapter. Let's begin here with the prophecy against the false prophets, verse 1 through 7. Notice in verse 1 and 2, the command came to Ezekiel to prophesy to the false prophets. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel. Here again, the prophecies of judgment. Uh, The word of the Lord consists again now of the formula to identify that it's God's revelation. Revelation. Ezekiel's the mouthpiece for God. Declare judgment, and judgment would not be postponed anymore, even as the last section of the previous chapter in verse 28 says. They were saying, ah, it's not for our time, it's for long ago. These guys, the visions have failed. No, 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 no. Today, people in America say, ah, oh, we're okay, we're okay, we're okay. No, we're not okay. Ezekiel, again, here, is to declare the wor- his words against the prophets of Israel. Notice it's very specific, who prophesy of their own hearts. There's the key. Those who were not inspired by the Spirit of God to reveal His mind. Those who were proclaiming their own ideas and desires fraudulently, presenting them as the words of God. This is not a light matter. When someone steals your identity, it's horrible. But when someone declares to speak for God and God's not speaking through him, woe to Him. The person charged are identified for us so that we don't get mistaken here who it is. He says, woe to the foolish prophets. The woe stands for condemnation. I've told you often when you read woe in the Bible, it's not because somebody's riding a horse. It's because it's judgment that's coming, okay? Notice the characteristics of these false prophets are proclaimed to Ezekiel in verse 4 and 5. In verse 4, Israel's false prophets were like foxes in the desert among the ruins, seeking accommodation for themselves and neither care for the people and, uh, or the nation, uh, being unproductive and destructive. They were out for themselves. They had envisioned futility. The word means vanity, emptiness. They were blind leading the blind. They had used every form of of the practices of the pagan to detect the future being deceptive and dangerous. And so he asked them a rhetorical question, God himself, have you not seen a futile vision? Have you not spoken false divination? You you know the tone. You've been a parent. You tell your child, did I not see you throw that rock? I saw you push him down. (laughs) Busted! He rebuked them for their deception of the people. You say, the Lord says, but I have not spoken. Wow. God would demonstrate, notice in verse 8, that he was uh, not with them. And they were declaring, as they were declaring, but indeed against them. Notice the particulars of the judgment that are given in verse 9 and 10. The judgment would be no accident, Not God is going to deal with them directly. Their judgment would be threefold. Look at verse 9. They would be removed from the people of God, not be in the assembly of my people. Secondly, they would not be written in the genealogy and the book of life, the record of the house of God. And they would die in captivity, not enter the land of Israel. Notice the end result being then that they would know that he was the Lord God. Uh, Again, repeated 73 times in this book. Judgment would come, they would know. He was the Lord. Look at verse 10. Their crime was that they contradicted God's message of judgment. They had seduced his people, saying peace, when there was no peace. Jeremiah 23, 17 says, they continually say To those who despise me. The Lord has said, You shall have peace. And to everyone who walks according to the dictates of his own heart, they say, No evil shall come upon you. They say ah Notice in verse ten, they led the people to conduct themselves as if there were there was not going to be any fall, building a weak wall symbolic of the false hope of the false prophets that would hide the weakness. By their lies. Verse 11, God, using this metaphor of a weak wall to represent their false declarations of peace, tells them the wall will fall by the tremendous storm God would bring. In verse 13, God identifies himself as the one judging them. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I will cause a stormy wind to break forth in my fury, and there shall be a flooding rain, my anger and great hailstorm in fury to consume it. He would break down the wall to the ground, revealing the foundations, and they would be consumed in the midst of it. They would then know that what? He was the Lord Yahweh. And I will say to you, the wall is no more nor those who plaster it. You won't cease. I'll put an end to you. You've read Ecclesiastes, Nothing New Under the Sun. And and Solomon is amazed of all the things that go on in life. Ecclesiastes 8.11 says, Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set on them to do evil. The fact that God does not act in judgment immediately does not mean he is indifferent or unconcerned. God has no hurry to judge. He gives sufficient time for repentance. That's his nature. Judgment is a strange way of doing things, the Scripture tell us. He'd rather forgive. So he will give adequate time. Samson complained with his sin of lust, and uh, he was overcome by a woman, and he lost his sight and his life. King Saul abused his power and position, and God destroyed him through the hand of the Philistines. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, Hebrews 10.31 says. The judgment against the false prophet was because they deceived the people of God. This still goes on, ladies and gentlemen. It is nothing new, and it will increase the closer we get to the coming of the Lord. Notice thirdly, we have the prophecy And judgment against the false prophetess. The command came to Ezekiel again to prophesy against the false prophetess. Now, the prophet Ezekiel, in verse 17, was to do so as he had done to the false prophets by the statement, Likewise, son of man, set your face against the daughters of your people. Notice the posture was a hostile one. Set your face against the daughters of your people. Get in their face. Well, this is God speaking. (laughs) They were Jewish women who had corrupted also the office of a prophet. Ezekiel was to confront them. Not an easy job. The office of prophet was not exclusive to men, as you know. God spoke through many women of the Old Testament as prophetess. Miriam, Deborah, Isaiah's wife, uh, Halda, the Old Testament also, and many others. In the New Testament, you have Anna and the daughters of Philip who were prophetess. And God spoke through them. But notice that the women here, verse 17, these prophetess, had sinned by having prophesied out of their own heart, just as the men. The origin of their message was not inspired by God, but their own selves. The message they delivered was not from God, but from them. There's the danger. There is the sin. These women prophetess were like the false men prophets they were in Jerusalem they were in Babylon they're all over today in the world notice the prophet ezekiel was to prophesy against them their boast that they were speaking for god would be condemned publicly the God of Israel would not be for them, but in fact would be against them. Then comes the charges that were given to Ezekiel to prophesy against the false prophetess. Again, these are not things of his own mind, but these are the charges directly from heaven. In verse 18, the charges dealt with the occult to deceive people's souls. This is... The specifics that are mentioned for the women are more severe than the men. For they seek mediums, as we're going to see, the occult. They were to be confronted by divine authority, thus saith the Lord God. They were to be addressed with the proclamation of judgment, woe to the women. Notice they sewed magic charms on their sleeves and veils for the heads of the people of every height, here it is, to hunt souls. These women were sorcerers and mediums using various evil methods of the pagan, which were completely prohibited by the law. The reference to charm on their sleeves is to amulets that were sewn together and worn at the wrists, the elbows, the shoulders, the necks, uh, little trinkets to ward off evil and injury. We see this today. This is cultic. This is superstitious over all the nations. In Mexico, you have brujos and brujas, and hechiceros, and you know, and you wear this thing, and you wear that, and you'll be okay. And you know, you you make a circle, cross it, and put a triangle, and stand behind it. You know, all that kind of stuff. You know, here you're driving down the street and your dashboard looks like a museum with all your saints. You get in a crash and and what kills is your saints. They stab you in the heart. (laughs) Come on, they're supposed to protect you. (laughs) Interesting. They made veils for the heads of the people every height, the same purpose, to ward off evil injuries. But here's the key. They did it to hunt souls, referring to the capture of people from the Lord. Nimrod was a mighty hunter before the Lord to take people away from God, Genesis 10, 8, and 9. They were doing it to take people away from God. And this is what God just was upset about. The severity of their crime is made evident by Yahweh's rhetorical question. Though we cannot read the tone of voice, From the context, we certainly can with certainty say that God was not happy. Allow me to inject the tone. Will you hunt the souls of my people and keep yourselves alive? The answer is obvious. It's rhetorical. There's only one answer. No. The seriousness of the effect was the souls of men for eternity and women. My people, I created them. I've made a covenant with them. They're mine. You remember Ilimus, the sorcerer, in Acts 13. He withstood Paul and Barnabas, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. And Paul, looking at him, said, O fool of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight way of the Lord? And then blindness came upon him. God does not look kindly on people who deceive people who are seeking God or who take people away from God. It is a very severe charge, and it is severe judgment that accompanies it. God does not look kindly on those who deceive or mislead people from God. Listen to the words of Jesus. Jesus is meek and mild. Listen to him. Matthew 18:6. "But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Look at 19. The callousness of their heart is revealed by God. They fraudulently represent a Yahweh for their own gain, taking advantage of the fear and superstition of the people. And will you profane me among my people for a handful of barley and a piece of bread? They were hucksters. Well, what do you give me? What do you have? Well, all I have is my my father's, you know, old watch. Hey, that's good enough. Give me it. Greed. All I got is lentil. God, give me it. It's my last source of food. Give me it. They were responsible for the lives of the innocent and preserving the wicked. Listen, killing people who should not die and killing people alive or keeping people alive who should not live by their lies. They're corrupting justice, everything. They were guilty of all this by lying to the people. By your lying to my people who listen to lies. He keeps saying my people, my people, your lies. Wow. And so the judgment of God against the false prophetess is given to us in verse 20 through 23. 20 to 21, God would oppose the false prophetess in their cultic practices the proclamation is in the authority of God. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God. He's the one in authority. God was going to nullify their spells. Behold, I am against your magic charms by which you hunt souls. there are like birds. God would rescue the people. I will tear them from your arms and let the souls go. The souls you hunt like birds. And even though these people have their free will, the greater judgment is to the false prophet. He puts the victim as a bird and the diviners as hunters. Now, each has a free will. Each will be judged, but woe to the one deceiving. Greater judgment. Notice God would deliver the people from the ensnarements of trusting in their veils I will also tear off the veils and deliver my people out of your hand and they shall no longer be a prey in your hand. And then they would ultimately know that he was the Lord again. Judgment always does that. Verse 22, God reveals their crime. They had failed in the responsibility, listen, of warning the people. Warning the people. Because with lies, they made the heart of the righteous sad, who God had not made sad. And because with lies, they had strength in the hands of the wicked, so that they did not turn from their wicked ways to save their lives. The watchmen of the city, Ezekiel's been appointed, but they were watchmen also. They had failed. Look at 23. God would put an end to their deceptive occult practices therefore you shall no longer envision futility nor practice divination for I will deliver my people out of your hand and they would know that he was the Lord bottom line years ago a lady from the east made many trips to Salt Lake City to be baptized for the dead the practice of Mormons over the years she was baptized 30,000 times She did it for relatives and friends and former people like Alexander the Great, Nebuchadnezzar, Julius Caesar, Napoleon, Cleopatra. A Mormon elder commented, quote, I believe that this lady in the day of judgment through being baptized for the dead has saved more souls than Jesus. False prophet. Interesting. It is amazing to me the amount of cults and occults that are Accepted today as normal and not evil. Even police departments will contact the paranormal to solve crimes. Astrology is big and dependent on so many Americans for their everyday life, their horoscope, they won't step out of their house. We have it on the news, we have it everywhere. Palm readers and pronosticators are thriving in our society of America, making a good living because there are so many customers. We've got a couple of houses down Colorado that have been here for as long as we have. They wouldn't have existed 40 years ago. Necromancy, communicating with the dead. I pull out of here Sunday night. I turn on the radio. I, see, I hear programs right there of a person speaking to the dead. Tacos. Inviting these people. And people call in. They say, yeah, I, I have my grandmother. Okay, yeah, your grandmother's not. Does your grandmother have a mole on her? J-? Oh, yes, yeah, she did. And they go, oh, well, she's telling you she's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, everything's okay. You'll soon be with her. isn't And they're amazing. Television talking to the dead, crossing Jordan and others. Amazing today. Deuteronomy 18, 10 and through 12. Listen. There should not be found among you anyone who makes his son to pass through the fire or his daughter or to practice witchcraft, soothsaying, interpreters of omens, sorcerers, one to conjure up spells or a medium or a spiritist or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. Ladies and gentlemen, America is up to their neck in all of this. Our colleges teach Satan classes, but you can't read the Bible, of course. I think it is also interesting that many, if not the majority, of the major cults of spirit guides and paranormal are headed by women. The severity and the more detail of the judgment here was directed to the women, because so much of this moves in the area of emotions and intuition and ladies you're wired totally different than us. I find it most interesting when men take the back seat women jump in the front seat absolutely so many today have their little ambulance for warding off bad karma People take these little trinkets, these little little images, or whatever they, are. they have a tattoo placed on them to ward off things. It's a new thing. They sleep on their pyramids for enlightenment, crystals. They paint their houses a certain color. Their furniture is pointed a certain direction for good spirits and karma to come through. You think these people aren't serious? You don't know what's happening. Isaiah 47, 9 says, But these two things shall come upon you in a moment, in one day, the loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon you in their fullness because of the multitudes of your sorceries for the great abundance of your enchantments. 2 Peter 2, 1. It says, but there there were false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord Jesus who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. No one gets away with anything, ladies and gentlemen. Either your sin finds you out here and consequences come, or God will judge you directly here or there. In his judgment but nobody gets away with anything Hebrews 4.13 says and there is no creature hidden from his sight but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him whom we must give account the prophecy and judgment against the false prophetess was because they also spoke for God falsely and deceived the people of God but they were worse than the men I'm not saying it. God is. Listen, listen. Men are dogs. They're bad. But when a woman goes bad, get out of the way. Study history. This was a prophetic judgment against the false prophets. The prophecy against the false prophets was because they spoke for God falsely judgment against the false prophets was because they deceived the people of God and the prophecy and judgment against the false prophetesses was because they also spoke for God falsely and deceived the people of God not something that God is happy about in any age woe to the false prophets of today
1: Pastor Xavier Reese, and a somber warning. Now, today's message, Woe to the False Prophet, is available, as always, on CD for just $4. And this will also include what Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together. So once again, the title to ask for is Woe to the False Prophet, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please be sure and include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. Ezekiel the prophet, and more truth from God's Word. That's coming up next time on Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com